morning. Wow, full house. Hey, it's so good to see you all. I have to apologize for my English right from the beginning. It has gone down a bit, but I try my very best. I was greeted yesterday with a duck and I was like, wow, okay. It's been a while, but I remember that phrase. Hey, it's so good to see so many familiar faces and new faces, which is a great sign that God is at work in Derby and in England and in Germany. And it's just great to come together and to share. And I bring greetings from my family. I brought you a picture because I couldn't bring them with me in, in person. So Sarah and Maxime and Levi and Hannah, yes. We feel very, very blessed um, to have three amazing kids. And um, they grow up so fast. It's just crazy. But you know that, m well, some of you. Yes, and also from the church, uh, we've been going for eight years. You send us out uh, in 2015. I learned most of what I needed to learn to get off the ground of being a full-time pastor here in this church. And I just wanted to use this opportunity to say thanks for investing in us as a family, uh, for just helping us to grow. And, you know, under Dave's leadership, I think uh, we wouldn't be in there where we are today if it wasn't for his leadership and his impartation into us of so many skills because when you go to Bible college you think you know what it means to be a pastor but then you arrive in a place and you think I don't know anything about this <laughs> so on my first weekend here in Derby on Friday there was a funeral on Saturday there was a wedding and on Sunday there was a children's dedication and I was like man alive this is like from birth to to death in like one weekend welcome to the ministry and so it was it was a really amazing experience and we learned so much and we still have so many friends here. So it's a great privilege for us to come back and to just share the, the word of God. And I was just reminded when I just walked in here today, you know, like the strength of the church, I think it's not in its seating capacity, but in its sending and serving capacity. And I think you are leading the way as Derby City Church of many churches that I've been to and I've seen. Because the amount of people that have gone from this place to other places, not just in England, but actually around the world, is just astonishing. And I really believe that this is an anointing that you have on this church to raise people up and send them into, you know, the harvest field out there. And I believe that we are a, a product of you sending us out and that you are part of, of the stuff that God is doing uh, in Germany and uh, we are now in three cities we are in Cologne in the city of Aachen and Bergisch Gladbach and God is doing amazing things you know amazing testimonies of people coming to faith we baptized 90 people this year which is incredible and <clears throat> yeah and and it's just amazing to see that that God doesn't stop searching for people and encountering people and looking after people running you know people uh, running after people if they don't know what don't want to know him he still is there and he holds out his hand and it's just amazing to see and yeah it's just great to share the word so let's jump into the word today because that's what we're here for um we are today in mark chapter 2 and um i would love to read a few verses from here it says a few days later when jesus again entered capernaum the people heard that he had come home they gathered in such large numbers, maybe a bit like this morning, that there was no room left, not even outside the door, and he preached the word to them. Some men came, bringing to him a paralyzed man, carried by four of them. 
Since they could not get him to Jesus because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof above Jesus by digging through it and then lowered the mat the man was lying on. When Jesus saw their faith, Jesus can see faith. I found that quite interesting. He said to the paralyzed man, Son, your sins are forgiven. Now some teachers of the law were sitting there thinking to themselves, Why does this fellow talk like that? He is blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? Immediately, Jesus knew in his spirit that this, that this was what they were thinking in their hearts. And he said to them, why are you thinking these things? Which is easier, to say to this paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up, take up your mat, and walk. But I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the man, I tell you, get up, take your mat, and go home. He got up, took his mat, and walked out in full view of them all. This amazed everyone, and they praised God, saying, We have never seen anything like this. Wouldn't it be amazing if people meet us or even come into contact with us, and they would leave us saying, I've never seen anything like that. I've never had such an encounter like that, or I've never had such a person come up to me and, and value me or love me in the way that this, that person has, has done that. So I want to title this message, The Miracle is in Your Yes. The Miracle is in Your Yes. And when I'm reading, I don't know about you, but have you ever had that, a situation where you said yes to someone or to something, and pretty quickly afterwards you regretted that yes? <laughs> I should have said no. Now I'm stuck here and I have to paint this whole house. I just offered to give him like a little hand. and now it's all. Or, or maybe other, uh, the other way around. You said no to something and then you saw some pictures or videos and you said, oh man, I should have really been there. I should have said yes. I believe when it comes to our relationship to Jesus or to God, I don't think if we give him a yes, we will ever regret that yes. I think a yes to God is always a yes that is without regrets. And if you look in, into this book, it is full of people that said yes, right from the beginning. You have a Moses who said yes to God in the wilderness to lead the people out of Egypt. You have a Noah that said yes to building an ark even though there was no rain coming. You, you have so many different people. You, said, you, said, you, you, have, you have Abraham who said yes to putting his son on an altar, you know, ready to sacrifice him in obedience to God. You have Nehemiah, who said yes to rebuilding the wall. You have, you have Esther, who said yes to giving everything. You had Ruth, she said yes to being loyal. Gideon, who said yes to defeating the enemies, even if he, was, if he was the least of his kind. Sarah said yes to being a mother in old age. Peter you know, said yes about getting out of the boat. Samson said yes that God should use him again, even though his, he was in prison and with you know, his eyes out and his hair was growing again. Elijah said yes to calling down fire from heaven. John the Baptist said yes to, you know, be a forerunner of, of Jesus. Jacob said yes to wrestle with God. Paul said yes to preach to the Gentiles. The book is full of people that said yes. Why, why do we say no? <laughs> you know, this is a book full of people that said yes. So I think we need to be people of, or followers of Jesus that have this, this, this inner conviction to say yes. Like a yes, a yes church that said yes to what is going on. So I think what I've got on my heart to share with you today is that I think God is looking for a church and for people that are saying yes. And, and many of you are. 
And, and some of you are sitting here because other people said yes in the past to building this house. You know, we, we can do in Cologne what we can do there because there are people in this house that said yes to us when we came here. I was reminded in preparation of this morning that we organized like a big gift. I, I don't know if some of you were part of that, but we had this big gift to send us out to Cologne and it was a special offering to send me and Sarah and our little son Maxime out to go to Cologne and we I found this picture that we kind of this was the 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 post that we did back then and I wasn't really creative so I just copied or stole the logo and just put Cologne under it <laughs> our people hate me for that because <laughs> why didn't you think of something you know different but I just yeah I'm just not very creative. Anyway, we wanted to raise 25,000 pounds and we had like a, a, a service like this and we collected envelopes and they were labeled with the big gift for us to be sent out to Cologne. And I still remember the, the week after starting to count the money in the office and the first envelope had two pounds in, the second envelope 20p, the third envelope was empty. And I was like, wow, come on, this is going great. We have to walk out in faith tomorrow. Do you know, I, I just researched in my, no, like in my, uh, in my uh, computer, I, I, I looked in the messages, and the total amount that we raised as a church, I don't know if you remember that, but I've written it down, it was 25,148 pounds. 25,148. And I'm telling you that because your yes in that moment enabled us to do something that... God called us to do in Cologne to plant a church in a city that is so in need. In our city, Cologne, there's 2% of the people that are Christians, born against Christians, 2%. 10% of the population in Cologne are, are part of the LGBTQ community, and there's a huge, you know, it's a, it's a huge, um, huge, like, I don't know, stuff going on in so many different areas. There's another huge population of of, of of Muslims and other people and 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 we're trying to reach out to them and build bridges and 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 serve the people and love the people but we are very much in the minority and there's not many Christians around there so we felt like wow we should go and be obedient to what God is saying and your yes enabled that step and that's what I wanted to 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 kind of underline this morning that the miracle is in your yes the miracle for us to go out and plant a new church started with you saying yes to us and many other situations or even people that are here, you know, maybe you were introduced by someone from the church or someone from somewhere else, but you are here today because at some point in your life, someone invited you and took you alongside and, and that yes that you gave him transformed your life and maybe even the life of your whole family. And so in this context here in Mark, Jesus just did some amazing miracles. He cast out demons and the stories of his, of his miracles were reaching every corner of that area and they heard about him and they're, wow, this guy's amazing. Like he's like touching people's lives and the word spread quickly and the people heard about it. And, and so now they're in this house and in the first century, the house, it was very public. It's, you know, I know that there's this phrase, an English, you know, was it an English man's house? It's his castle or something, yeah? So it's not open to everyone, just for certain people that you want to be there. So back in the day, that was very different. Some of them didn't even have a front door, so people just walked in. It was a very public life back then in the first century. So they were at the house of Simon's stepmother, 
and and they they were it was packed the, the house was packed and and so they arrived at this house and there were so many so many people and here's the picture and then those four friends come with the paralyzed man and they see the house and what do they see when they walk towards the house they see the backs of people because it was so full so they were trying to get in but it was just they just saw the backs of people and and that really spoke to me we have to be really careful church that that we don't lose this this conviction that that we have to look outward not inwards that the most important people today are those that are not here yet so that this empty chair that is maybe here or there represents a person that might could come in the next few months or years because of our yes that we give and so we're not inward focused we're outward focused the person that Jesus, that that needed Jesus the most didn't get in the person that needed Jesus the most didn't get in because it was so full and so it it challenges me that our that our you know of, of course we love to come together but the the view of the church has to be outside the real service starts tomorrow morning when you get to work the real service starts tomorrow when you start at university when you go to university when you're in your neighborhood because we are called to be salt and light we are called to touch our neighborhoods with the love of god and you're such an example of how you do that and so your yes to to that makes a huge difference i think in so many people's lives and so so they didn't get in so what did they do give up and say well that's it let's come back tomorrow you know because obviously jesus is very busy at the moment no they actually found another way and and they had he had four friends and i thought about illustrating that but i might just explain it to you because i you know i thought if you don't understand my accent i'm going to play it out but i'm not a great actor so i hope it's okay but he had four friends four friends and i thought about labeling those friends with names because we don't know the names so we have the freedom maybe to interpret or to think about what that name could be so those four, four friends in my head sorry it's uh, german and a bit strange but in my head those four friends are called faith courage hard work and perseverance that's the names of the friends faith courage hard work and perseverance and we all need those voices in our lives you know we all need people that speak courage into our lives when we feel like this is really tough i had many moments in the last few years where i thought i cannot handle what god is doing and mostly it's the voice of my wife <laughs> that says come on dom let's keep going stand up carry on and i'm like oh, okay let's go and in church we love faith and courage and we applaud them men of faith women of faith courage amazing and we said but what about hard work and perseverance well someone else can do that you can't bring people into the presence of jesus without hard work and perseverance you know and and i want to really challenge you with that thought it's not just faith and courage that makes a difference in people's life but it's also hard work and courage uh, hard work and perseverance and we need that in the church we need people that say yes to hard work and perseverance because they had to find another way so what did they do they looked at the house and in the first century the house was like a flat roof and there was a, a, a staircase at the side and they said well let, let's try 
the staircase. And, and you know, in Sunday school, you, you hear that story and you act it out and it's like oh, there's an opening and everybody's like, wow, someone, what's happening? And, and then someone is lowered down into the presence of Jesus. You know, again, it's my mind that goes off a bit sometimes. But in my head, I think our friend hard work, he pushes through the crowd and he found, finds the owner of the house. Who was the owner of the house? It was Simon's stepmother. And you know what happened with her? In Luke chapter 4, we read in verse 38, Jesus left the synagogue and went to the home of Simon, the same house. It was the same house. Now, Simon's mother-in-law was suffering from a high fever, and they asked Jesus to help her. So he bent over her and rebuked the fever, and it left her. She got up at once and began to wait on them. So Simon's mother-in-law got healed from a fever. And maybe a few days later, they were in the same house teaching and listening to Jesus. And in my head, our friend hard work pushes through the crowd and goes to Simon and maybe his mother-in-law and he says, I know it's really full here. I know it's the, the, the teacher is, is, is teaching the word, but there's a person out there he really needs Jesus. Would it be okay if we make a little opening in your roof and lowering him down? And you know what I think she said? She said, yes, let's go. Why? Because she encountered Jesus at such a powerful moment in, that she said from that moment onwards, whatever Jesus asks of me, it's yes. And if that means a, a, a hole in my roof, let's go. I'm closer to heaven maybe, but, you know, to look up. She said, yes. And she said, okay, let's do it. If, if Jesus wants to do a miracle, I, I'm opening my, my roof for, for that and allowing them to lower that person into the presence of Jesus. So I, 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 that's in my head anyway. So the, hard, the person hard work comes back and says, guys, we can go up the roof and we can actually make an opening and lowering that person into the presence of Jesus. So they walk up and they, they walk up to the roof. And in those days, the, the roofs were like flat roofs. And it was like... It was like um, wooden um, planks and in between they would fill the holes with well in between they would fill it with like a mixture of of hay and manure you know like dog uh, no not dog cow uh, what is it cow poo or something <laughs> I was about to say the s word but I have to be really careful here sorry sorry it's not acceptable I, I, I know I know it's a bit different in Germany but it's fine I've learned it through some awkward moments here. Uh, I rebuke you. Okay, let's. And so they carried him into the presence of Jesus and they lowered him down and they had to dig through this kind of hay and manure. And I just wanted to, to let you know that sometimes your hands are going to get dirty when you want to lower someone into the presence of Jesus. Sometimes it takes sweat and blood and tears to to see someone through when you want to lower him into the presence of Jesus. It's, it's sometimes hard work and perseverance that goes alongside faith and courage that opens that roof and lowers that person into the presence of Jesus. So don't be scared if sometimes it's, it's hard work or sometimes your hands are getting dirty or you have to help out somewhere and you think, wow, phew, I don't know if I, you know, it's, it's, it's our yes that it's the starting point of a miracle that can transform someone's life. 
and I don't, I don't know what the yes it is, it is for you, but I think it starts with this conviction of our hearts to say, whatever it is, Lord, my answer is yes. And it might be that God wants you to, I don't know, start volunteering somewhere or start helping a person, start getting a person to, I don't know, to maybe live with you for a while. I've, I don't know what it means. It might, it might be to share your resources or your time or your energy. I don't know what it is, but I want to encourage you that it is a yes that you give to God and that you say, okay, God, if, if, you, want, if you want to use me, then, then that's fine. And so, and so we have hard work that says no matter what it costs. And, and that's kind of an attitude that we have. And sometimes that requires us to, to find different ways. Sometimes that requires us to maybe think outside of the box. You know, sometimes that means to go, go away that no, one other, no, no other person are going. And I love how you are serving people in the Hope Center with the Hope Store and the food bank. And I really want to encourage you. When, if you're not volunteering, then give and pray for it. You know, and, and, and ask God, okay, what is my yes to serving so many people? I remember opening the Hope Center. That was the time when we arrived here and the building was empty. And Sarah was employed to be the Hope Center manager. And we were getting the team ready and we were praying and the food bank opened and no one came. And for weeks, no one came. And it was a bit disheartening, but they kept going because it's hard work and perseverance sometimes that goes alongside faith and courage. And then people started to come and the hundreds of thousands of people that you are serving as a church through the work of the Hope Center is unbelievable. And you, we probably only know 5% of the stories that are actually happening through that ministry. So I just wanted to encourage you to, to support it, to say yes to it, to give to it, and to say, let's change the lives of people. I think this is so powerful. And then we have this guy, Perseverance, and he probably says, giving up is not an option. You know, Jesus said his last words in the Gospel of Matthew, surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. God is with us always to the very end of the age. So we don't give up because God doesn't give up on us. We don't give up because he's not finished yet. And so giving up is not an option. We have to continue to do it. We have to continue to push through it and to say, God, do it in our lifetime. Make a difference in our city, in our nation. We're not giving up. Courage says, I can do all things through the one who makes me strong. And that's a quote from Philippians 4, verse 13. And courage is, is this thing in us that is fueled by the word of God. You know, I, I'm really honest with you today. I really struggle with fear sometimes. I, I get fearful when in certain situations. I don't even know sometimes what, it, what causes my fear, but I do struggle with it. And on my phone, I have a, a list of verses that are all speaking to me about the reality that God doesn't want me to live in fear, but th that he actually gives me a spirit of love, power, and a sound mind. And I have this thing in my phone, and I quote it to myself multiple times a week because I have to fight fear in my life. And so I think courage says I can do all things through the one who makes me strong because the enemy is a master in presenting half-truth to us. He is an expert in presenting something that is not quite right, and we think, oh, wow, okay, 
This is my reality. This is my identity. And we have to fall in love again with the Word of God and with the, with the wisdom and the power that these, that these verses contain to overcome the lies of the enemy. I don't know about you, but... Sorry. Get out. He heard that. But, <laughs> but there are moments in, you know, where, where you really have to come against you know, the lies of the enemies with the word of God. It's so powerful. Hello? Hello? One, two, three. I mean, I can just talk louder. Yeah? Oh. I sometimes think the demons are hiding in the PA sometimes. <laughs> Honestly, I have to lay hands on the boxes and stuff. Yeah. Anyway. So, I, I think like, it's, it's, really, it's a really crucial part of our discipleship, of our following Jesus, that you finish the devil's sermon that he's trying to preach to you. So if there is a moment in your life and you think like, oh, and you hear this voice, you can't do this, you're not qualified enough, you don't, you know, who, who do you think you are, you know, planting a church or doing another thing? And, and these voices are constantly there. You have to come to the realization that it's half true <laughs> and you have to take the word of God to, to really bring the whole truth into it to take the lie away. So, for example, if he comes into, into, my, into my head and he says, Oh, Dom, you know, who do you think you are? You, you, you can't do this. I say, yeah, you're right. I can't do this. But my Bible says I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. So you counter that argument with the word of God and you realize, wow, it's really powerful. He might be right. I can't do it on my own strength, but I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. So you need in your life right now, you need to pull up, not right now, but maybe today, pull up your phone and these areas in your life where you feel like the enemy is lying to you or giving you negative thoughts, you need to search the word of God to find promises and you need to find the truth that contradicts those lies. Because as we heard this morning, you are a child of God. This is our identity. You are a son and daughter of the living God. No one can take that away from you. And so we need to get this into our minds and into our lives that that we don't have to be afraid, for example, because God is with us and he has not given us a spirit of fearfulness. So use the word and fall in love with it again. Read it, write it out, proclaim it over your life and see the transformational power that it can make to your mind and, and to what is in your heart. Faith, the person faith, he says he can do it again. He can do it again. So, I read this story, and we were at a pastor's gathering, and I shared it yesterday, but I've actually written it down for, for this sermon today, that there was a professor in America in the 1940s, Professor Orr, that took a group of theology students to England from America to look at different hotspots where revival broke out in England. And one of the houses they went to was in um, Eps, Epworth. Epworth? Maybe you've heard about that? And it's the house of John Wesley, where he grew up. And it's in Epworth. You can visit it. And they went as students into the house, and they looked around the house, and they went into the kitchen and into the bathroom and into the living room. And then they walked upstairs into the bedroom. And next to the bed, 
um, were like two patches on the, on the floor. And one of the students asked, excuse me, Professor Orr, why are those two patches here next to the bed? And, and the professor said, well, it, you know, we believe that it's because John Wesley in the evening, in the morning, had an extensive time of prayer. And he was always kneeling next to his bed. And he did it so many times and so long that the carpet would wore out and you had to put patches on it. And they were like, wow, man of prayer, John Wesley, amazing. So they, they went back into the bus, counted the people, and one person was missing. There's always one. So the professor walked back into the house, looked into the kitchen, no one there, into the living room, no one was there. He walked up into the bedroom, and there was a guy kneeling at exactly those two patches, and he could only see the head, and he heard those words, do it again, Lord, do it again, Lord, and do it with me. And Billy Graham got up and walked into the bus. And there's many people in this place that have been impacted by the ministry of Billy Graham. I have lots of stories in Germany. And he started with someone saying, yes, saying, do it again, Lord. Do it again and do it with me. And I th think that person, Faith, was not okay with his friend being paralyzed. And he was not okay with that situation. And he carried that friend, I don't know how long, maybe miles, maybe hours because he knew that one moment in the presence of Jesus could transform his life. And so he said yes to that. And he had the faith to carry that person into the presence of Jesus. And so when I think about that, I, I realize that many miracles start with, with our hearts to say yes to what God is doing. And so I have to be really honest. I'm I'm now in Cologne for eight years, and I live for those stories of transformation that people tell me. I'm not very good at just kind of maintaining church and just ticking the box, because I have this desire in my heart to see thousands of people come to know Jesus. And I just really want to encourage you that church is not just a box to tick. It is the hope of the world. And we see right now a rise, especially among young people, of demonic activities like I have never seen it before. In the past six months, we had, I think, around 20 deliverance moments in our church that I was not prepared for because people were reacting to something that they have been looking at and exploring in their own private lives. And I think there's a, a spiritual shift happening at the moment in our nations where we really have to come in the power of the Holy Spirit to confront some of those darkness that people are exposed to. Because it's on the rise. If you go on TikTok, you know, it's full, and at least in Germany, maybe there's a different algorithm here, but it's full of like demonic activities of reading those tarot cards and other stuff that people are, you know, these witch boards and all this stuff. And young people are exposed to that and they look into that and it's an opening for the enemy to come into their lives and take a hold of them. And so when you pray for them and you pray in the name of Jesus or you pray the blood of Jesus, you start, see, you know, you start to see something reacting that you know, surprises you because it's such a, an openness to the spiritual realm. And so I really believe that it's, it's something that we have to be very intentional about to prepare us spiritually that in the next weeks and months we will see an increase of that in our meetings or in our conversations with people because people are so exposed to that. And so it requires us to be alert and to be, you know, people of, of prayer to really believe that because we don't have to be afraid, you know, the enemy is under our feet. <laughs> Jesus, 
you know, he's victorious about every evil spirit in this world. We don't have to be afraid of it, but we have to be aware of it. You know, and, and then when people start to say yes and to use it in their daily lives, amazing things happen. We had one of our young people, I think she's 14, she was in, in RE class a couple of weeks ago, and she said to the teacher and to the class, hey, I go to City Church, um, and I really love it there, it's a great youth group, and, and the teacher says, whoa, 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 stop, this is a sect, you shouldn't go there. And she was like, wow, really? No, you can't, you can't do that, you shouldn't go to that place, it's, it's a sect. Well, it's the first time I heard that. So the student was a bit upset, and, and, and the principal, for some reason, the principal heard about that. I don't know whether someone put in a report, or I don't know what the situation was, but the principal heard about it, and he asked the teacher to come into his office. And he said to her, um, I'm really sorry, but you can't say stuff like that in class. If you don't know that place, and if you don't know anything about that, you, you can't just make that comment in, in front of everyone. I, I, don't, I, I know I can't force you, but I would like to give you an assignment to visit one of the services of City Church <laughs> and come back to me and report. And then we make a decision about how we communicate it. So this lady, unknown to us, came into one of our services. We have five on a Sunday. So she came to one of our services and, and Jesus touched her powerfully. And she was crying the whole worship through. And in the end, when we did the altar call, she gave her life to Jesus. And she's now part of the congregation. And so she's now part of the, of the team in, in Cologne, in that city. And I was like, wow, God, you're just so amazing. It's, it's because that girl said yes to sharing her faith publicly that this teacher had the chance to encounter Jesus for the first time. Friends, at the end of the day, it's about bringing people to Jesus and then journeying with them through, through life, equipping them to be followers of him. That's what it's all about. So I just wanted to encourage you with that thought that actually out there is, is, is where we are supposed to be, serving and, and, and giving and talking and I think out of that, we will see a great harvest in the next few years. And so I brought you a few pictures, I think. Do we have those pictures? I, I don't even know. No? We don't have pictures? Okay. I, I thought I put them in. But I, I had some pictures of people in our church that came to us in 2015 and 16 and said yes to building the church. And there's so many stories of people that are coming now as a result of their yes. So there's one lady called Lisa, and she was on the... On the edge of going into prostitution, she was heavily addicted to drugs and to alcohol. Very, her whole family very messed up. And, and she came to one of our services and she had, she had such a powerful encounter with Jesus that it was a process then of discovering what God has really put inside of her. And now, three years later, she's one of our key leaders for the hospitality team. And God has done an amazing work in her life. And then her sister got saved and her father got saved and we baptized them. And, and it's just amazing to see what God is doing if people say yes. So could you say yes this morning? Could you please say yes? People's lives depend on it. We're not playing church. We're not ticking a box here this morning. If we are, well, I'm out. Well, I'm out anyway here, but... I told our church, I, I stood in front of our church and I said, if there's a better way 
of reaching people than doing a Sunday service, we will close down and do something else. Because we're not in love with Sunday services. We are in love with people finding Jesus. We're not obsessed with services. We are obsessed with the fact that we will find someone that doesn't know him. And we love to come together. The Bible commands us to come together. But it has the purpose of introducing people to Jesus. So maybe we pray in the end. The band can come back up if you want. I would love to pray first for people, maybe as a recommitment to your yes. And then maybe you're here this morning and you've never actually said yes to Jesus. And I just want to say to you, this is the most important yes you will ever give in your life. And I would like to make a space this morning for that to happen. Because we never know who's in the room. You never know what actually your story is that brought you to this place. But one thing I know, there's no coincidence. There's only God-ordained moments and times. And so maybe we can stand together. Thank you for listening so attentively. Yes, thank you, Jesus, for your presence here this morning. Let's close our eyes. Maybe you can put your hand on your heart. It's the place where we say yes first, <laughs> and then it moves to our head, but it starts in our, it starts in our heart. Jesus, I thank you so much that you said yes to us. Thank you for your yes, Jesus, in moments where it was really difficult. Moments where it was so difficult that you thought that you couldn't handle it, but you said, it is not my will, but your will that has been done here. So we thank you for your yes. Lord, I thank you that because of your yes, we are able to stand here today free and forgiven and redeemed. Lord, I, I will never take it for granted that you said yes on that cross to me, a sinner, broken, lost, hopeless. Lord, I thank you so much for your yes. And we want to renew our yes to you this morning. We want to renew our yes to your mission and to your, to your work here in this church, in this city. Lord, we want to say yes to keep reaching out to our neighbors and to our colleagues. Lord, when we greet them tomorrow, I pray that something of you would be transferred into their lives, God. I pray for prayer moments in the coming weeks in, in little work cubicles on, on hallways I pray for prayers to be prayed in the supermarket and on the streets God Lord I pray for moments of, of breakthrough in the city of Derby in different areas, in different towns in Derbyshire God I pray that you would raise up people that would say yes to your call to move out and maybe, maybe be planted in a community not just to earn money and to have a great life, but to be a witness, to be your hands and feet, God. God, I thank you for your yes in moments where I probably said no. That your yes was a continuous yes, an, an unchanging yes, an unconditional yes. God, and we want to recommit our lives today to you and say yes to your, to your service and to following in your footsteps, to being your hands and feet. And I just really pray, God, for a transformation of this city, God, of this nation. God, I thank you that you have placed us intentionally for such a time as this. Thank you that we are alive, God, and we can make a difference. 
that we can continue the legacy of those that gone before us. And we want to be faithful to the call, God. We want to finish the race saying, Lord, we've given everything. We've, we've dug through some dirt at times. We've persevered. We've put in some hard work and we've come with faith and courage, but we've, we've, we've tried our best to, to stay faithful and loyal to the call that you've placed on our lives. And I just really believe right now, God is renewing something in your spirit. Maybe places where you started to say no or you kind of got disheartened or the, the fire or the, the, the passion got, got a bit smaller because of circumstances, because of disappointments. I believe that God is renewing that right now. I pray fresh vision into your life, fresh passion, fresh fire into your hearts. God, I pray for a fresh outpouring of your spirit. We serve a God of freshness. He doesn't give us any stale water or any fake flowers. He's a, a God of freshness, fresh oil into your life right now. Fresh living water into your life. A fresh sense of his hand upon your life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We bless you, Lord. Lord, we come against any lie that have hold us back to, to fulfill what you've put inside of us. Lord, we break that lie in the name of Jesus. We break that lie in the name of Jesus. And we, we come with the word of God and we said, you can do all things through Christ that strengthens you. We come with the word of God that says, he who has begun a good work will finish it in the name of Jesus. God, I pray that you would give a fresh sense of calling right now. And maybe you're here this morning and you've actually never said yes to Jesus. Or maybe you've said yes once and you've maybe gone somewhere else, but today is the day to renew your yes. And if that is you, I would love to pray for you this morning. And maybe while our eyes are closed, you can maybe just lift your hand as a first step of faith to say, that's me this morning. Yes, thank you, brother. Come on. Just as a sign of faith and as a sign of response to say, I want to say yes to God, maybe for the first time in your life. Or maybe as a renewed commitment to what he's doing in your life. Yes, thank you. You can take your hand down again. Thank you. Thank you over there. Thank you so much. It's just a step of faith. It's not just towards showing it to me, but also to God to say, hey, I'm gonna, I was marked in that service. You know, I, I can't remember the last five sermons I've preached, but I remember moments where I've been marked in a service. And you have been marked today. And I would love you to pray in your heart and that you would say, Jesus, come into my life. Forgive me of my sins. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. I want to follow you all the days of my life. Jesus, come into my life. Speak that out right now where you are. Jesus, come into my life. God, I thank you for every open heart here today. God, I pray that you would come right now by the power of your spirit and that you would just really seal that decision. God, I thank you that it is a decision that echoes in eternity. And I just pray right now that you would come and fill these people with your spirit. It's the best decision, the best yes that you can ever make in your life. You're a child of God now. You're a son of the Most High, a daughter of the Most High. No one can take that away from you. Thank you what you're doing in this place, Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen.